Hello, I'm Alice Murray, editor of The Drawdown, and welcome back to the third instalment of our discussion with George Ralph of RFA, where we've been exploring the applications of data and data science in private capital funds. Let's get cracking. How switched on are LPs, how switched on are investors to this sort of kind of back office infrastructure and, and the, this kind of high level of tech? I mean, we know, you know, we know there would be an amount within an ODD questionnaire, but is this something they, they look at um, more routinely or regularly? No. Okay. <laughs> it's a simple answer. <laughs> okay. um, definitely not there yet. Some, mm. some of the firms that are employed to do due diligence are mm-hmm. starting to go through it. You know, I have a lot of friends in that industry because it's where I came from originally. Mm-hmm. Um, and we often meet, you know, for a beer or for lunch or something and go through their latest DDQ questionnaire so that I can give them input into what the industry is doing from a technology perspective. Mm. Um, uh, no, is the answer. They're not mm. there yet. Yeah, un- unsurprisingly, it's, um, it, require, it, it clearly requires a huge amount of technical knowledge and understanding. And, and again, it's detracting from the core, their core role, which is backing, finding the right managers based on investment strategies rather than their, than, than their tech infrastructure. But saying that, could, could it be or could you see or are you seeing GPs setting themselves, setting their stools out on being technologically and operationally robust? Yes. Great. And I think... You know, one of the things that's helped us as a business uh, and in turn helped our clients is the transparent nature of the way we do business. So all of these tools, when we roll out something that we know, the client is just not going to understand. You know, they are a core user of it, maybe even a super user, but they're never going to get involved in the nitty gritty. Right. So you do a proof of concept, you show them the diagrams that show the data flow. You know, you show them all the third party vendors that are engaged and how due diligence has been done and things like that. But that is a snapshot in time. And these things can change. Mm. And so one of the things we're always quite wary about is making sure that the client can see all of the kind of monitoring governance and controls that we can see. Because people get nervous when they don't have information, right? When they don't know something, that's when they get frustrated or nervous, especially in a business like ours where it's service orientated um you know from a simplest perspective someone calls up and says my computer's not working if someone called you back and said okay i'll work on it and that was it Mm. you've got no you're just there Mm. you're in a stalemate you've got no idea what the issue is you don't know what they're doing you're just waiting that's frustrating whereas if you call someone and they say well yeah if you log on to this dashboard uh and i'll update the communication messaging so we use teams a lot with clients um i'll just give you you know every five minutes i'll give you a quick update on what i'm doing they're much more comfortable because they know what you're doing they can work out how long it's going to take to resolve the problem and it's the same with this so that orchestration tool i mentioned which is essentially uh, a visual how can i describe it it's like a visual representation of devops Mm. right the clients can log on to that. They can see all of the resource utilization that's being used in Azure, for example. They can see all of the third party products that are being involved for things like security, um, the ETL data flows, 
all of that they have a full dashboard so even if they don't understand what's going on and someone says well how do you get the data from there into this dashboard which i'm now looking at on my mobile mm. rather than saying i don't know mm. they can kind of deviate a little bit and say well, i'll tell you what i can show you my read-only dashboard and i can show you where the data sits and where the data is coming from okay. so it's very much about transparency they're never going to use that to learn how the system's built or how it's secured or how it's configured but they can at least understand where their data is and a little bit about the flow of data yes that's yeah that is yeah that makes a huge difference doesn't it then you, you, yeah you've got confidence in that and an ability to speak about it um okay so then on that are there um you know are there other systems like that coming through that kind of make that user experience um slightly more i guess tangible or, or easier um and specifically things that can be applied to private equity uh, yes um so i think a lot of the systems are out there already um you know one of the great things about doing this now is that there are a lot of other industries where this has been going on for a while um i think if you look at the way uh, a security breach investigation works you know a company comes in and they do a full audit and investigation to find out the source and it's a similar kind of thing here there are tools out there and companies that are focusing specifically on that kind of process but live mm. and i think as more things move into public cloud in the pe world right still a little bit behind as a sector mm. but as they move into more into public cloud and actually the tool sets and features that are offered by public cloud which is why people should be looking at it not a cost thing there are companies appearing that are established companies are just not specialized in the sector before and there are also new companies that are launching that allow people to get what i call a, a sort of a plain glass window view into what's going on and i think that's just the way that technology is going anyway mm. you know our our air product which is our artificial intelligence tool for for cybersecurity breaches uh and and the prevention of those it's got a full dashboard you, you know it automatically creates a graphic that shows the connectivity between your device all the way up into the internet live mm -hmm. and you can actually get you know sort of flashing devices to show you where the breach might have happened or, or what's causing the bottleneck mm -hmm. you know so there's all of these tools that are yeah. constantly monitoring live um and sort of ingesting log data from all the devices and, and things like that. And it's the same with the data warehouse. It's basically rather than having a data warehouse that's specifically designed for you to read your data more sensibly and automate, you've got other tools which are basically using a data warehouse to ingest all the logs so that the systems themselves can look at those logs all the time and make decisions based on what you've done in the past and how you've used your computer in the past to work out if you're doing something that's outside of normal behavior to then notify RFA. Oh, by the way, this person's downloading spreadsheets. They don't normally download. Yeah. We then contact the client and say, by the way, we think this person might be looking to leave. <laughs> wow. It's all of that. It's very big brother, but <laughs> because we've got these tools and systems that are coming into play in the private equity world that 
are allowing people to work more effectively and efficiently that brings more access to data because we want them to be able to work anywhere i mean the current lockdown is a perfect example of that yeah um but that also puts the data at risk more and so the data warehousing technology that we're talking about today is exactly what the security companies are also starting to use in order to protect the private equity firms that are starting to use data warehouse it's all it's all it's all linked yeah it's it's kind of yeah full cycle okay okay so i guess what we you know broadly looking back over this conversation there's there's two tracks emerging where you've got more sophisticated tools and more sophisticated requirements for data and technology broadly within a PE firm but we've also got these tools and applications becoming more user-friendly and uh, easier to apply into a private equity firm. So does that sound fair? Yes. Cool. Okay. Fab. All right. Um, I guess to then round things up, um, for some, I think in myself included, this, you know, talking about these sorts of things can be slightly daunting. It feels like there's a lot of unknowns or a big, a big knowledge gap. So what would be your, your key advice to the listeners at this point, kind of exploring these areas? I think that you need to see some demos. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you need to see what the dashboards look like with some anonymized data. So you can see how you think it will benefit your company day one. Um, and I think when you do start going down the process, you need to make sure that you're obviously getting references from similar firms, which is what I know we all do anyway. But you need to make sure that the company that you engage just does a proof of concept because mm-hmm. you need to make sure it's going to work. Basically, mm-hmm. the, these things aren't cheap. It's, you know, it's although it's not custom development, it is in a way because it's very specific to your firm. Mm. and you need to make sure that you're testing it out as much as possible before before committing and you need to make sure that you understand it as much as makes you feel comfortable if that's even a phrase um to make sure that you you can make an informed decision i think that would be the best advice i could give fab Um, And thankfully, we recently um, produced a little demo guide (laughs) for private equity (laughs) firms, which I'll pop a link into uh, below this recording. Um, Excellent. George, um, as always, such a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you so much for your time and your insights. And you. Thank you very much. And thank you very much for listening.